welcome to Oklahoma Music Legends Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Henshaw. Today's episode is about Oklahoman Tommy Olson and his lifetime of making music. Stand by for the story. You may never have heard of Tommy Alsop, may not be acquainted with him, or you may only know him as one of the members of Buddy Holly's band who passed on the plane ride that unfortunately took the lives of Buddy Holly, J.R. Richardson, you know, a.k.a. the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens, and of course the pilot. But there is so much more to his story. Tommy was born into a large rural northeast Oklahoma family in 1931 where music was ever-present. From these humble beginnings, he found a passion for music, learning to play the fiddle, the mandolin, banjo, and the guitar at a very young age. The guitar won out as his main music-making instrument of choice. It was said that Tommy wore out his brothers and any neighbor who played that he could walk or get a ride to in order to play his guitar with them and pick up playing tips from them. At the age of 10, he was deemed good enough to play in his first paid gig. He said of the experience, at the end of that dance, we made six or seven dollars apiece. Now remember, this was in early 1940. I was out chopping corn at a dollar a day, or in the hayfields you got a penny a bale, or in a dairy, the very most you could make was $30 a day while milking 30 to 40 head of cows. According to the book written by Guy Loxton, The Flip of a Coin, the story of Tommy Alsop, which, by the way, I highly recommend, to make 6 or $7 for a few hours playing music made you feel rich. While attending high school in Owasso, Oklahoma, which is located on the outskirts of Tulsa, just north of town, Tommy formed his first band. Now, in order to get his band around to all the dances they were playing every weekend all around the area, he bought an old hand-me-down bus. Rumor had it it used to belong to Bob Wills, which handed it down to Leon McCullough. Pretty much all the goodness was gone out of it. After graduation, Tommy took his guitar, his few belongings, his passion for music, and he hit the road. He played in bands all over the southwestern part of the country. Tommy could play any style of music, but his first love was the sound Bob and his brother Johnny Lee Wills created with their large touring bands. The more Tommy played, the greater his reputation as a guitar Jedi. I made that up myself. With every band he toured, he found his reputation open up another music avenue for him to explore. He found he had become in demand as a recording session guitarist. Before his upcoming recording session, Buddy Holly saw and heard Tommy playing at a session at the Petty Recording Studio in Clovis, New Mexico. Impressed, Buddy asked Tommy if he would be interested in setting in a recording session that he was having at the Petty Studio in a few days. Buddy was very impressed with this Oklahoma guitar man. He was so impressed, he asked Tommy to form a band for him that could open for him during the Buddy Holly summer dance tour dates. The summer tour turned out to be very successful, as did their friendship. Buddy asked Tommy to join his own band, which included Waylon Jennings for the upcoming Buddy Holly winter tour. Tommy was now officially a cricket. 
The music caravan left out of Chicago during what was called one of the worst northern winters riding in old worn-out Metro City buses. This group nearly froze as they continued during their winter dance party dates. Their drummer had to be taken to a hospital with frostbite while the tour pushed onward toward Clear Lake, Iowa. Buddy was growing tired of the bitter cold and chartered a four-place plane to take him, Waylon, and Tommy on to Fargo, North Dakota after the Clear Lake, Iowa show. J.R. Richards had gotten sick, a.k.a. the Big Bopper, during all the bus rides. Waylon Jennings gave up his seat on the plane to Richards, while Richie Valens pursued Tommy to give up his seat on the plane to Fargo. Tommy was tired of the cold bus rides too and did not want to continue on the cold bus. And he was ready for the plane ride. But finally, after Valens continued insistence, Tommy got a coin out of his pants pockets, flipped it and told Richie to call it in the air. Richie called heads. It was heads. The ill-fated plane left Clear Lake, Iowa about 2 a.m. We all know that as the night, the music died. Tommy and Waylon continued the balance of the tour with the assorted stand-ins for a buddy. After the end of the tour, the duo separated and went on to their separate futures. In the early 60s, Tommy grew tired of touring with various swing dance bands. He decided to travel out to Los Angeles and give full-time recording session work a serious try. For a while, playing with the now-famous Wrecking Crew and at Liberty Records as the country A&R man whose responsibility was for recruiting talent and overseeing their artistic development. It was during this time in L.A. that Tommy helped jumpstart a couple of Oklahoma music future legends, David Gates and Leon Russell. Tommy helped them get their starts in Los Angeles. Tommy soon tired of the L.A. scene and decided to, along with a partner, set up a recording studio down in South Texas. The most famous song to come out of that studio was from an unknown group, Zager and Evans. One night, Zager played a song he wrote, but he hadn't intended on recording for Tommy. Tommy played with the arrangement, experimented with it, and they all decided to give Alsip's revised version of In the Year 2525 a chance and record it. The Alsip arrangement sold absolutely millions of records. Unfortunately, after the song was released, through a turn of events and questionable dealings, Tommy never received credit for his work or the rewards for his development work on that record. By the way, Zager and Evans never achieved the success they had found working with Tommy. Who knows? Maybe karma. Personal events saw Tommy passing along ownership of the studio and moving up to Dallas, where after getting his fill of club, dance club, club ownership to head up to Nashville. It took nearly no time for Tommy to become the most requested guitar session player in Nashville, sometimes doing three sessions a day for weeks on end. For nearly 10 years, Tommy did session and arranged it in Nashville before deciding to leave Nashville to pursue his roots, the music style he loved and first learned and began to play, the swing dance music style of Bob and Johnny Lee Wills. Epilogue. We have searched to find a fitting way to complete the Alsup story. One thought was to, hey, list all the recording artists he's worked with during his time on stage and in the recording studio. It would be easier and much faster to list the very few 
that he had not. Tommy was so much more than a guitar player. He was an outstanding talent on stage and in the studio. Let's end this story with a quote, a quote from Tommy, which is from the last paragraph of the book written by Guy Logston, The Flip of a Coin, The Story of Tommy Alsop. In quotes, I've had an excellent life in music. I may have made some mistakes here and there, but I am proud of my contributions to musical America. I guess I can sum up my career with what I learned while working for Liberty Records. Musical hits are made in the studio, not in the office committee meetings. And maybe my greatest musical achievement was playing in New York City with Paul McCartney one night and the next night working in Pawhuska, Oklahoma with the Texas Playboys. Tommy was active in music right up to his death in January of 2017. You've been listening to Oklahoma Music Legends. Be sure to like our Oklahoma Music Legends Facebook page. Stop by our website, oklahomamusiclegends.com, for the very latest information and podcast updates. Check out our ever-increasing eclectic gallery page. I'm sure you'll find something to your liking and a few surprises there. Visit our contact page, drop us a line, comment, or a suggestion for an upcoming Oklahoma Music Legends episode. For Oklahoma Music Legends, I'm your host, Tommy Henshaw. Thanks for listening.